Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by co-host and editor of thewolfpacker.com, Matt Carter. And today, we're going to do a little bit of reflecting over what the weekend was for Wolfpack fans in both football and basketball. NC State getting a big win on the football field, uh, beating Syracuse 41-17. Uh, moving on to 8-3, and three, entering the last week of the season against arch-rival UNC with a chance to still go to the ACC championship game. We thought all hope was lost after the loss to Wake Forest. There's still hope for the Wolfpack. We will talk about it. We will also talk about Kevin Keats and the NC State Wolfpack men's basketball team getting another W at home against Texas Southern. Maybe not in as dominating fashion as some fans wanted, but as Matt Carter would like to remind you on the message board and some of the content at thewolfpacker.com, if you were a member of thewolfpacker.com, you would have known that the Texas Southern game was going to be a tricky task for the Wolfpack. So we're going to get into all that, but before we do some housekeeping, I'm going to say it over and over and over again. As our viewers know, you know it already. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can also watch us on YouTube, and we ask you, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps us out tremendously. Give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment. Been getting some great comments recently. I love some of the comments on the most recent basketball pod, so uh, shout out to you guys for for the good feedback. Um, Other than that, the Wolfpacker is on the On3 network now. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know that, but I'm going to keep reminding you, if you haven't already... 
Spend a dollar, take your wallet out right now. For a dollar, you're gonna get premium years worth of premium subscription to the On3 network, which includes thewolfpacker.com, all the great work that Matt Carter does at thewolfpacker.com. Premium analysis, recruiting information, just you're gonna know everything about NC State sports before everybody else does, and isn't that worth a dollar? So go take advantage of that deal now. It's not gonna be around forever, um, so go do that. All right, Matt, let's talk about some sports. Let's start with the football team, the team that Wolfpack fans love to claim right now, this football team that keeps on keeping on, that keeps on bouncing back from from adversity. You know, every every win or every loss this season on the football field has put a real stink in the air with the fan base. Oh, we can never beat an SEC team when you go down to Starkville and you lose by two touchdowns. Oh, we we lost another game we should have won at Miami, a one-point loss to a team that don't look now, but is actually pretty good. Oh, we always stumble when opportunity is upon ourselves, the three-point loss to Wake Forest. But you know what NC State has done every single time? It's lost a game this year. It's come back the next week and reminded you why this team is a good team. The defense stepped up yet again, shut Syracuse out, you know, Yes, they got their rushing yards, but Syracuse can't throw the football, and they really couldn't throw the football against NC State. And we talk about it over and over and over again. Dave Dorn's favorite phrase, complimentary football. And if you are a fan of complimentary football, I think Dave Dorn might be the number one fan of complimentary football in the world. Well, he sure was a fan of that second quarter, which was, if you look up complimentary football in the dictionary, that second quarter for NC State was the definition of it. A defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, and an offensive touchdown. Two two very explosive offensive touchdowns. So, Matt, had your thoughts on the Syracuse game. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the big win. It's not the characteristic win. But if you really think about it, it might have been best, the best game for NC State thus far this season just in terms of a complete performance. Yeah, it kind of like when the game's over, you forget that in the first half, it didn't play very well, right? Um, you, 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 like for a quarter, I should say, it kind of, it seems like forever that, you know, midway through the second quarter, we were wondering, wondering if this was going to be a repeat of that kind of 2018 Wake Forest game when uh, NC State looked like all they had to do was, was win out. Uh, Wake Forest with the next to last home game. You know, the last three teams they played, the coach was either fired that week or fired right after the game. Uh, Wake Forest was kind of the last tricky game. It wasn't a very good Wake Forest team. It wasn't a terrible Wake Forest team, but it wasn't a very good Wake Forest team. Um, and, of course, NC State, you know, now famously laid an egg. Wake Forest beat them in the last minute of the game with a touchdown pass to a tight end. And and NC State lost any chance at a New Year's Six Bowl with that game, and you know for about a quarter and a half, I, I had visions of that game going through my head against Syracuse. Because if you noted, I think everybody was paying attention to Clemson Wake Forest, and Clemson laid a whooping on the Wake Forest, and but the the manner of which Clemson did it, a Bring back memories last week about whether or not NC State should have run the football a little bit more, but that's a different story and a different conversation. Um, but B, it gave you a thing. I, 
I do like Forest on the road. Different team. They've lost two straight road games now. Lost at UNC. Lost at uh, Clemson, Boston College next week. BC is 2-1 and one since Phil Djokovic is back. Yeah, the one loss to a Florida State team that is five and one in its last six games. By the way, that one loss to NC State. Um, the, the doors open. I got got to start by beating Syracuse. It, it just took for a while, but then the hammer dropped, and then you completely forgot about that first first quarter and a half, and and the last two and a half quarters was about as enjoyable an ACC game as NC State's had. Certainly this year, I think. I mean, even the games like Florida State and um, Louisville, you know, Boston College, I mean, those games were kind of you know, competitive up in the air in third quarter. And they certainly pulled away from BC, but uh, this game was over at halftime. It was over. At, you knew that one-dimensional Syracuse, who really only had two plays, right? I mean, they... they Two plays gave them almost half of their yards in that game. They were completely shut down um, otherwise. So, yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. It was, it was, it was a good day for NC State. But it's mentioned that the, the day started with uh, the women's cross-country team winning the national championship. I want to get that plug in there. And then, and then handling business. In that manner, it gives you hope. Senior day coming up, big game against Chapel Hill. A lot on the line. It's it's fun. Yeah, it, 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 it's fun to be watching NC State football and knowing that you're for the first time in 11 years you're going into the last weekend thinking, can we make the ACC championship game? Now I will caution the fans at home that are thinking Wake Forest just went to Clemson. Got their asses kicked. Now they're going to go up to Boston College and lose. You know, it's a 50-50 game, and that's probably with some red-tinted glasses. I think Wake Forest, I'd probably give Wake Forest a 65-35 lean in that game. Wake Forest is the better team. We talk about Wake Forest, maybe they're not the same road team, but let's not compare a big, you know, ESPN nationally televised game in Death Valley to a sleepy noon start on ACC Network and Chestnut Hill. Two very different atmospheres there. We'll see, but I like NC State's headspace going into this last week of the season. They're not focused on what Wake Forest does because you know what? You know, Are you going to think back to the Wake Forest game? You think about missed opportunities if NC State wins against Carolina and, and Wake Forest beats Boston College, which you know both of those res- results are the expected results. Both of those teams are the favorites. Yeah, you might, you might think about, you know, some of those missed opportunities, particularly maybe in Winston-Salem, running the ball a little bit more. But <laughs> you finish with a win against Carolina, you move on to 9-3. and three. You have a very successful regular season. You have a, se- a regular season that is ab- above the norm at NC. I, I think, you know, if you're 7-5, and five, you're 8-4, and four, that's kind of a normal good year at NC State. You go 9-3, and three, that has the makings of a special season, and then you could you know, potentially combine that with a bowl win or, or you know, if, if Boston College can take care of business against Wake Forest and NC State maybe finds itself in the ACC championship game, you know, potentially a conference championship game, then you have the making of a very historic season. Of, you know, e- even if NC State doesn't play in the ACC championship game, 
could win against Carolina, could win the bowl game. It would be only the second time in program history the Wolfpack wins 10 games in a single season. That, in and of itself, is a great goal to aim for. But um, to your point, Matt, it is nice going into the final week of the season knowing that it's not just the rivalry um, on the line. It's not just bragging rights. There are real implications for this team. I think that plays into the pack's favor against Carolina. If you're not just so focused on beating Carolina, you're focused on taking care of business, preparing properly so that you can accomplish your end goal this season. I think that maybe you know helps the mentality going into that type of game. Um, but let's talk about uh, you know some of the special plays that we saw in the Syracuse game. We talked about how enjoyable football it was if you're an NC State fan. You get to see a Drake Thomas pick six. You get to see both Thomas brothers score in this game, which is pretty cool. I mean, if the Thomas brothers don't represent everything that is NC State football, you know, I, I don't know what does. It's it's a family-based program. It's the local products. That, you know, In the case of Thayer, you're talking about a guy that flew under the radar on the recruiting trail, gets to NC State, develops into, you know, develops his way from a former walk-on to a, a potential NFL receiver one day. So, um, you know, to see both of them find the end zone, plus you get a Bam Knight kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, is this something that NC State can continue to, to take into week 12 or week 13, rather, against North Carolina and, and you know, into the postseason or – I mean, I don't know if you can really rely on a, on a Bam Knight kickoff return to, to get some of your offense. You can't necessarily rely on a pick six, but complimentary football seems like NC State in all three tiers of the game is in a great position for these next, you know, two, possibly three games coming up. I think, you know, the thing that I probably would excite me the most it's that you, you don't let, you didn't leave that Syracuse game saying, oh, this or that or this. Or we got to fix this or that or this, right? Uh, the defense was good. The quarterback play was good. The running back actually ran the ball decently well. Uh, they, they didn't get a lot of carries. But you and I talked off air yesterday on that Sunday. It was kind of a unique game where, um, yeah, there just weren't a lot of plays. In that game, neither team ran up a lot of plays. It was both teams were taking their time getting the playoff. There wasn't a lot of hurry up. Uh, Syracuse focused more on running the football. NC State got a lot of chunk yardage, as you noted in your, in your notebook. You can go read on the website. Um, NC State, I think, was the, had the best yard per completion and yard per play it's had all season. Um, you know, your hope is it's a sign that things click that came together. Um, that's not a bad Syracuse team. It's not a good Syracuse team. Don't get me wrong. It, but it, it's not a bad Syracuse team. They just can't throw the football. Um, but allowing five sacks, I think that was the second most they've given up. They've actually been pretty good about not giving up sacks. Um, I think it was the second fewest yards they've gained in a game this year. Um, yeah, their defense has had its moments. They're one of the best in the country at getting tackled for losses and sacks, and NC State completely shut that down, only a couple of sacks and four tackles for loss. And so it does give you a lot of optimism kind of going forward about uh, – yeah, I, I go back to that 2018 team after they um, lost to Wake Forest 
Um, I forget who they played uh, Louisville and just destroyed them. And all of a sudden, things kind of came together. And they played UNC in a dogfight, the Reggie Gillespie game, which I think Justin Williams was at, right? Weren't you at that game in Chapel Hill? I was, I was also in the stands for that game. That was the last NC State game I went to as a spectator, which I will also be at this next NC State-UNC <laughs> game as a spectator. So maybe, yeah. maybe good, yeah, maybe good news. And then, they, and then it all really came together against East Carolina. So maybe there's hope that this is kind of coming together for a nice, strong finish. Um, I'll say this too, because I, I think a lot of fans have an interest in this. Noon start in November at Boston College, then Saturday after Thanksgiving, it's going to be cold, it's going to be dead, and it's going to be a challenge for Wake Forest to not be asleep to start that game. I'm just saying. Wake is only a five-point favorite in that game, right? That's the last, last line I saw. I think they're actually the maybe the second or third slightest dog uh, a favorite SHA going into I, the weekend. I mean, they know that this they have to win to make the ACC championship. I, You're telling me a Dave Clawson coach team is going to be asleep? I'm just saying it's All not right. going to be – you know a lot's on the line, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's still not going to be an enjoyable enjoyable environment. I mean, it's going to be freezing cold up there. What's the temperature going to be in Raleigh? Probably look at my 30s. I mean, it's going to be cold in Raleigh, too, but there will be fans. There's At least they yeah. got that going for them. Yeah. I mean, Friday night here in Raleigh, it's going to be 28 degrees, which means probably it'll be freezing at kickoff. In Boston, I'm just saying. I mean, they, they know they got to win the game regardless. They, they, if they lose either NC State or Clemson in the ACC title game. So, yes, you're right. It's a must win, and they know that. But you know, BC got that big offensive line. They're going to play two tight ends. They're going to run the football. And when it's freezing cold out there, I'm just saying it could take its toll on work for so, I'm just trying you know. to, like, if, for the <laughs> mentals of NC State fans – have already gone through enough. They've already gone through enough pain and suffering. Don't set yourself up to think oh, if NC State beats. Look, I'm gonna watch the game on Saturday. I'm gonna watch Wake Forest play Boston Only College, especially. Ex- yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. If 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 NC State loses, I'll be watching the Iron Bowl or something like that. But but if NC State beats Carolina, I I like every other NC State grad or NC State fan that's. You know, closely following this football season, we'll be watching the Wake Forest Boston College game, but just don't expect Wake Forest to not take care of business. And if they don't, don't don't redirect that anger back at the program. You know, which which eventually, you know, of course that's of course that'll be the reaction, right? If NC State beats Carolina and then Wake Forest wins the game it's supposed to win, then people will go on Twitter and you know complain about Dave Dorn because that that's how Twitter works. But. Um, you know, just don't don't set yourself up for that. And if it happens, great. It's gonna be lovely if it happens. It's gonna be a Thanksgiving miracle. But I don't know. At least there's hope. Just there's hope, but don't expect it to happen, right? Like when you buy a scratch off ticket at the gas station, you hope that it's a jackpot. But if you but if you're relying on it being a jackpot, you're gonna have your heart broken every time you do that scratch off. So that's all that's all I'm gonna say about that. But to the game itself, 
when we were talking off air a little bit, we were talking about good performance from the rushing game. We finally started to see the rushing game get used, used more than it was against Wake Forest, but NC State's just not going to run the ball this year, are they? They're just they're just going to let Devin Leary cook, and I don't blame I don't blame it because Devin Leary fifth straight game with 300 plus yards, two plus touchdowns. I think that was Syracuse Syracuse's worst um, pass defense total all season, or at least against an ACC opponent. Um, so, you know, Devin Leary, quietly an all-ACC caliber quarterback. There's so many good quarterbacks in the ACC. It, per, again, another another slight to prepare yourself for. Prepare yourself for Devin Leary to not be an all-ACC quarterback, even though he has the resume of one. And in any other year, he could probably be a first-team all-ACC quarterback. So prepare yourself for that as well. But you know, going into this next game against Carolina, we talked about a couple weeks ago. These last three games, two of them are against some of the two worst rushing defenses in the conference. One, Wake Forest, NC State didn't run the ball. Second, Carolina. Are they going to run the ball against Carolina? Find out. I thought they ran the ball pretty well against Syracuse. They could run the ball against UNC. And, you know, we'll have a. Uh... Of course, we'll have our uh, UNC preview coming up here shortly, but um, I think they. Tri- I thought they ran the ball fairly well. I th- the reason why they didn't get the yardage was just product of uh, the way the game played out, not necessarily a lack of commitment to the run, which was not the case against Wake Forest. I know, you know, there was, uh, Dave Dorn said that's kind of how the game played out against Wake Forest. I I, I just respectfully thought that that was just. I, uh, a headstrong approach to throwing the football and taking advantage of the matchup outside. Which, by the way, they scored 35 offensive points, um, had 40, you know, 42 points in the game, and it was just the manner of what you did. And you could probably have gotten that same amount of production scoring wise running the football. I thought. And 20, 28 offensive points. Against, or actually, 20, uh, 27 four. offensive points NC State had against Syracuse. I'm talking about Wake Forest. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against against Syracuse, it was uh, twenty seven. You know, but you felt like if they had, they could have scored on every possession by the time the second half rolled around. They almost did, right? Um, so yeah, we get to start. I, I, but I hope they run the football more. I thought that a little bit better running the football in this game. And again, that's not a bad Syracuse defense. I mean, I think they held Wake Forest. I'm an all ACC team before this weekend held Wake Forest to the fewest yards Wake Forest has had in regulation. Um, so, yeah, I think there was a genuine, you know, curiosity of how much NC State would score. I actually had them scoring 23. I got the Syracuse number right at 17. Uh, I had a 23-17 game. Look, I thought this was going to be a challenge. I thought this was going to be similar to La Tech. Where it was going to be a very emotional, mental challenge. Uh, there were a lot of a lot of beat up guys after that Wake Forest game. I thought this was going to be a challenge. And I thought Syracuse would come out thinking this was their chance to get bowl eligibility, which is a big goal for them this year. I mean, these are two different programs and two different tracks right now. So, uh, so uh, I was I was impressed that they were able to easily handle business the manner that they did so well speaking of anticipated challenges i think that's a good transition to talk about the men's basketball team which you know speaking of of twitter rhetoric twitter complaints a lot of complaints about 
this game, NC State, you know, finding itself in a two-half battle against Texas Southern, a team that, you know, you look at the names, you think NC State should be blowing them out. But as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, Matt Carter did his research before this game. He warned me before this game, be prepared for a dogfight for the Wolfpack because Texas Southern, pretty darn good in their own conference tournament team last year. I know they were a 16 seed, but they won their tournament game in the first four if you make the tournament, if you're capable of winning your conference, I don't care who you are in Division One, you're capable of putting on a good performance against most teams in college basketball. Especially, you look at this year, there's not many great teams. I mean, and if, look at the ACC. There might be just one great team. I mean, there's, there's one title contender, and the rest are fringe Sweet 16 contenders. So, anyways, NC State... Ends up getting the victory against Texas Southern. Some adversity face in this game. Jericho Helms fouls out early on in the second half. You were there, Matt. Um, what do you think of NC State's performance in this game? You know, just based on what you've seen thus far this season, where would you, where would you kind of rank the performance that they played against Texas Southern? Because I, I didn't think they played particularly bad. I just think they can't they can't really shoot. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Yeah, they didn't shoot well. They didn't rebound well. But again, that you had to do your research and understand that that's what Texas Southern does. They crush the offensive boards. They're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. And as I noted in my quick hit, go back and look at Texas Southern's games this year. Um, you know, first game against Oregon on the road, they were down 10 at halftime off, comfortably were defeated. Second game against the St. Mary's team that's good. I don't know if people you have to be a college basketball fan probably to understand. St. Mary's is good. I just Justin's a college basketball fan. He'll tell you you normally see I'm St. hey, I'm Mary's. a I'm a West Coast conference guy now. My San yeah, my San Francisco see. Dons. I'm gonna go check them out later this month. You normally see St. Mary's in the NCAA tournament, right? Kind of a classic eight nine game type team. Guess what the score at the halftime of that game was? Texas Southern led 31 to 28. Guess what the halftime score at NC State was? 31-28. Game was tied with like 10 minutes to go at St. Mary's. That game was tied with about 10 minutes to go at NC State. It's the same story. They led at halftime at um, Washington from the Pac-12, and the game was either tied or was eight or 10 minutes to go. They led in the altitude of Air Force at halftime. The game was tied with even less, I think, with like five minutes to go in that game. They lost all four of these games by single digits in which they have led at halftime. Um, 
it's a quad four win. But if that's such a thing as a quality quad four win, this is the quarter for definition of a quality quad four win. And, and it, even think if you have played them on a neutral court, you may even sneak into quad three territory. Um, you better watch yourself. That might be. Uh, the qu- quality quad four win is slipping me up a little bit, man. I, we'll no, I mean, we'll no. see. This is a game you, you just you have to win. It's a game that can only hurt you, but it's a challenge. It's it's a team that could make it's a it's a game that can make this team better before it faces better competition. These are the type of quad fours you should play. I mean, they they're not they, they will hurt you, yes, in terms of your net and maybe viewed as a bad loss. And it's really tough for Texas Southerners. Clearly, I don't know if they have a budget shortfall or something, but they're playing 11 non-conference games on the road. So they have clearly made a, a strategic and perhaps economical decision to say, you know what, we're not making the NCAA tournament unless we win our conference tournament. So what matters what we do in non-conference play? So let's go fly around the country and have these teams pay us a lot of money to play games in their arena and cash in check after check after check and and supplement our uh, athletic department budget that way. I mean, it's very clearly got to be a strategic decision on their part. And I quite frankly, I'm not, I, I kind of applaud them. I think that, I mean, it sucks for the players to have to be traveling around that much, but, you know, I bet they don't mind. They get to see a lot of different arenas and play in a lot of different places. So, um, but yeah, this game was going to be a close game. The only other non-conference game left that should not be close is Bethune Cookman. So fans need to get that in mind. Be prepared. Every game on from here on out. If it's a blowout, other than Bethune Cookman, because we're starting ACC play here in a couple of weeks with Louisville coming to town, it's either going to be a dogfight or if it's a win, lopsided win, that means NC State played a tremendous game. I think if NC State blows out anybody, they played a tremendous game this season, and that's not a sl- that's not supposed to be a slight. This roster just has a gaping hole in in the middle, and you know that's not to pick on Jalen Gibson. That's not to pick on Ebenezer Dewan. It's not to pick on uh, Ernest Ross. They're just not Manny Bates, and NC State's going to have to find, as you've mentioned, Matt, a new identity to what it's going to be this season. Can it? It, it, it's got a good start with Darion Sebron averaging a double double every night. Um, you know, you, you'll take that. You can build around that. And Jericho Hellams, you're going to need him to be in the game. Um, last two of the last three games, that hasn't been the case. Uh, three you know. three games in a row now. He's fouled out. And and the Oklahoma State game, probably his best game of the season so far. He had a tremendous second half, but was really nowhere to be found in the first half. He's your senior leader. He has to step up. He has to be a star on this team. Darion Sebron has to continue to be productive in transition. Promising signs from Cam Hayes. He had a good game against Texas Southern. Um, No turnovers. I think he had, what, three or four assists. Uh, Was efficient from the field. Wasn't settling for jump shots. This is an NC State team that I think, if it gets frustrated in half court, which can happen kind of easily when you don't have a you know, a, a screener like Manny Bates that makes defenses account for him, it's going to be subject to maybe putting up some dumb shots. And NC State's just not the type of shooting team that can get away with, you know, taking these Steph Curry range threes. 
They, they just don't have shooters like that. They're going to have to dominate in transition. They're going to have to play solid defense. I do think this has the makings of a team that couldn't be solid defensively, can force turnovers, can get on the fast break. Um, and you just have to rely on a Cam Hayes to really be this point guard that can make everybody else better on the floor because right now everything's just so locked up in half court gotta find gotta find a solution to account for the screeners because right now nobody's rolling with gibson and duana and everybody's just staying locked up on the shooters like thomas it, it's why you haven't seen anything from thomas allen or it's it's why you've seen some quiet performances from turquavion smith now that nc state's playing some more competitive games those are shooters that need the ball in their hands to have they need open shots to make shots and right now they're they're not getting open looks Competition's about to get a lot tougher for NC State, as you mentioned, Matt. Here's the stretch coming up. You get a week off, basically, for Thanksgiving. Louisiana Tech at home. Then Nebraska comes to town for the Big Ten Challenge. Then Louisville comes to town for the first ACC game. You mentioned Bethune-Cookman. Purdue and Brooklyn and Richmond and Charlotte. Four of those five teams could be NCAA tournament teams. Or four of those six, rather. I'm, I'm throwing out Louisiana Tech. Could be NCAA tournament teams. What do you expect for NC State in this upcoming stretch? Do you think it's prepared to face that competition? Do you think it can it can hold its weight in this six-game stretch? Maybe, I think 500, you'd be probably pretty happy with that. I think that I would I think go to the next game too, Wright State. Wright State is actually probably on paper just as good, if not better, than Colgate, who just beat Syracuse by 15, so... Uh, Wright State is the favorite in their conference. Louisiana Tech is one of the favorites in Conference USA. Uh, those two teams are probably on par with Colgate. And we saw, and they're probably better than Texas Southern. So we saw, yeah, it's going to be a bunch of competitive basketball games. Yeah, so I would, do, I would add Wright State and say that by the end of the calendar year, that's seven games. Certainly going to be Bethune Cookman. Um, the good news is you get a lot of big games at home. Realistic expectations for Purdue is to, to expect a hard, a hard challenge there. I mean, let's just be honest. They're, they're kicking butt right now. They just beat Villanova. You can make a case they probably should be the number one ranked team in the country right now. Um, just based can, on who they've beaten. Can you stay competitive in that game? Can you stay competitive? Yeah. That, that's a win in my mind. Yeah. Um, every other game on that list is winnable. And every other game is uh, easily potentially slip up. So, you know, I think NC State, best case scenario, you want to come out of your non-conference schedule eight and three. Um, you know, if you already got the one loss to Oklahoma State, there's going to be no shame at all in that loss on a neutral court to Oklahoma State, I don't think. Uh, there'd be no shame at all losing to a neutral court to Purdue. Um, so, yeah, if you could maybe limit it to those two, then you've really done the best you could with non-conference. Um, Louisville's off to a bit of a sluggish start themselves uh, this season. Get them at home. You know, let's see. The, the question is, if NC State's playing in the ACC title game that day because uh, my boy, the Eagles, uh, lived up to my hype of them and everything fell perfectly, then I don't know how many fans will be at that Louisville game since it's on the same day mm. at the ACC championship game so it's something to think about. stuff like that is fun to think about it is yeah it, it, it is awkward would you expect as many fans 
as there were at the Texas Southern game because that looked like very low numbers. In fairness, it was a Sunday night during NFL to go watch Texas Southern. Sunday night, 6 p.m. game, week before Thanksgiving. A lot of people have work they got to do for a couple of days before they hit the holidays. Um, probably running errands around all weekend. And, you know, so no, I wasn't surprised. Maybe a little, I thought it would be a little bit more filled than that. But um, you got know, to remember, first game since they lost to Oklahoma State. So, um, yeah, and Texas Southern. Again, you have to be a college basketball guy to really study the lineups and, and stuff to, to probably have appreciated. He's a pretty good opponent. I, I, I guarantee you, a lot of casual fans still can probably would say, like, barely beat Colgate and don't understand that that's a quality win. That's going to be a quad three, may even sneak into quad two territory by the end of the year. So, um, so uh, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised it was lightly attended, maybe a little bit. I probably expected maybe a thousand or two more than showed up, but. Is what maybe, it is maybe maybe if that scenario they can find a way to play that game at noon you know your diehard Wolfpack fans can find a way to get to the men's basketball game immediately leave before the game is over because NC State's beating Louisville by like 20 <laughs> and then and then get on 40 make it to Bank of America Stadium by five you can get in a tailgate and then what the game would be at 7 7 30 for the championship game against Pitt, we'll see. That would that'd be what time is the Louisville game? I don't I don't know what time the Louisville game. I I, I got the schedule up. Hold on. Uh it is two PM. Like two or four. Two PM. Two PM. So technically yeah, you could still that. do it, but you're not gonna move the Yeah, that's un that's unfortunate. If only if only they could play on West <laughs> West Coast time too, get in like a nine AM game. That'll be great. Yeah, what, kind of, what is that, an ACC Network game? Um, it is ESPN2 on the Deuce. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you ain't moving, you're not moving that game off that time slot. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, That's you know, it. It, it, the good news was that NC State only lost by two to Oklahoma State, a team that I do think is pretty good, a team that, you know, NC State, it fought back. That That impressed me. Gives me some promise for the re- for the rest of this year, but I think I just think fans should be honest with the expectations of this team. When you lose a guy like Manny Bates, it's a devastating loss. NC State's just been dealt a bad hand with its roster this year. They're going to do the best they can. I hope they go win some games. I hope it's a team that can maybe get into bubble consideration. But to have to have the standard for this team as an NCAA tournament team that could you know sneak into the Sweet Sixteen, like it's just not. It's just not that type of year. If it becomes that, that's wonderful, and Kevin Keats should be getting so much praise for that. If NC State makes the NCAA tournament this year, I need NC State fans to come out hard for Kevin Keats because if that man gets this team into the NCAA tournament, he he he's he's earning his paycheck. Okay, so look, let's just let's just have realistic expectations, and then we don't have the heartbreak down the road. That, that's all I ask. But let's see what let's see what the Wolfpack can do on the non-conference slate, a tough non-conference slate ahead in December. Can they go, what What? What? what was your pick, Matt, 6-1? and one? Love to see it. Uh, I thought preseason my prediction was 8-3 non-conference. I think 
still think that'll be, I, I think that's fairly accurate. I will add this. Uh, in today's college basketball, I pay very little attention to November and December basketball. What teams look like in there have been a lot of teams that look really bad in November, December. That find a formula, find an identity, and find something that works. Case in point, Kevin Keats' first team at NC State that ended up making the NCAA tournament. And so I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between the two teams. It's just a matter of finding the right formula to work and pull together. Um, you want to see the team improve as the year goes along. That that That's how I'm going to judge this team. That you know, Can they get whatever, – whatever happens, happens. But if this team continues to improve and show signs of development, that's what you should be looking for. But anyways, that's going to do it. Uh, in the meantime, before our next podcast, we're going to talk about the Carolina game, but you can go ahead and start making your plans for December 4th, that magical Wolfpack Saturday with uh, what the, we'll, we'll call it the Matt Carter Saturday, an NC State basketball game in Raleigh, followed by a potential ACC championship. We'll see if the Pack can take care of business against Carolina on Friday, and we'll see if the Boston College Eagles can also take care of business against Wake Forest on Saturday. That's going to do it for this podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review it. Wherever you listen to it, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Uh, We're also on YouTube. Please subscribe on our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment while you're at it. Go to the On3Network, thewolfpacker.com, for just a dollar, a year's worth of premium subscription to the On3Network. Again, that's just a dollar. Take advantage of that deal. It's not going to be around forever. And follow us on social media, at thewolfpacker is our main account on Twitter. You can give me a follow at Justin H. Will on Twitter if you care to. And give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 